0: okay we're live greetings travelers and welcome to geronimo draws live and this episode i'm going to be talking with jason brewbreaker he's a crowdfunding wizard and i want to pick his brain and learn as much as i can about the stresses and the uh, positives of crowdfunding comics so i want to get right into it jason brewbreaker how are you man thank you for coming on
1: thanks for having me
0: oh uh, there we go yeah Oh, was that me on the echo there? That was that was my fault. Oh, okay. I, I, should be,
1: I should be more experienced at this, but I'm not. So
0: that's okay. <laughs> so we were just talking briefly about crowdfunding comics, and again, I'm going to repeat this. Uh, I find your uh, career very inspiring, and it's something that I aspire to do in terms of like making crowdfunded books, getting them funded, and just working directly with the consumer and the reader, no middleman. You know. Yeah. But like you said before, as we were talking, that there are stresses that come with it. But I guess we'll say first, um, why uh, crowdfunding comics? Why did you turn to crowdfunding?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, I came about it because my audience, my fans pushed me towards it. And I was was
0: putting, this
1: was back in 2009 and 10, I was trying to figure out how to raise money, Mm. you know, prior to this crowdfunding thing being a popular way to go. And I was thinking credit cards. I was thinking um, there was the Xeric grant at the time that was uh, put on by, uh, oh, yeah. is it uh, Peter Laird? Yes, of Ninja I remember and that. Yeah. That ended the, the year after I won it. So I won the Xeric grant. I won oh. $5,000 from that for remind one. And at the same time, so that was more, that was the the obvious way to go is try to get a grant or something like that. But then at the same time, I, my audience was, my fans on my webcomic were saying, why don't you try Kickstarter? You had no idea what it was. No one did. And really all the videos, the main point of the videos on Kickstarter were to convince people that it wasn't a scam and show them how to use it and explain like, this is how it works. And so, you know, I, I launched a campaign and um, at the time wow it was about six or eight months into Kickstarter being yeah. live. And so uh, I looked at everything on there and comics and graphic novels only made about a maximum of $3,000 at that time. Oh, so God. I had $5,000 from the Zierk grant. And I said, I need another two to three to, to make a cloth binding and all that stuff. Mm. Uh, and so I, I had a $3,000 goal I ended up making 12,000. And I, I, but I, you know, I wasn't convinced it would work like really, I, I my audience was telling me to go there and do it, and I was just like, really, this is this isn't gonna work. But I still I tried it and I, I put everything into it and, it and it worked really well and it was surprising. I had you know three hundred something backers I think on that mm-hmm. first campaign, and it was just it was eye opening yeah. and and exciting and um, so and then the second campaign I made a hundred and seven thousand dollars and this is before comics made that kind of money on there, right. you know, so it was breaking records at the time. Um, and since then, you know, I've had, I've had anywhere between 30 to $90,000 per campaign, uh, depending on what it was. I've had some failures too. I tried to do an audiobook version of a, of a how to book that I already oh. wrote and it's just the interest wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I also, try though. yeah, yeah, it was, you know, I was kind of like, you know, that was right after I did the, campaign. And so I was like, I could do anything, you know, and so I was like, here, and it's like, nope, you you can't do anything. You got to actually give people what they want. So that was a real shock to the system. Mm -hmm. And um, it kind of took me off of my pedestal that I put myself on, you know, and um, so anyway, but it was good. I also launched a campaign that I I canceled halfway through for cognitive drawing. This was the first time I tried launching it mm-hmm. and I just realized I wasn't ready. There was a lot of things I had to fix with right. the book and, um, and it wasn't getting as much momentum as I wanted. And so it would have, it would have hit the goal, but I I canceled it to just put the book back into uh, the production mm-hmm. and rework it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad I did. I ended up, hiring a model. And I don't know if you know anything about cognitive drawing, but it's, it's no. a drawing curriculum that I've developed and oh, yes. I'm working on the female version right now. So, oh, so anyway, uh, to finish that, that idea is uh, a couple of years later, I launched cognitive drawn again on Kickstarter mm-hmm. and it raised like $45,000. So wow. it, it was like 1250 backers, you know? So, um, so it was, it and, it, and it was finished by the time I launched at that time. And so the book, already had like 1300 beta testers wow. and um, you know people really loved it we tried it in charter schools we tried it in homeschools and it just everybody seemed to really enjoy it, the this That's idea kind of, of drawing so um, so I'm I'm we were talking just before the show about how yeah. sometimes you have to do like education to pay the bills for your exactly. art and cogno drawing is my it's my, education <laughs> it's my education but it's still doing what i want to do which is making yes. the books and nice. so i i've you know i've tried teaching on and off mm-hmm. and even though i feel like i'm good at it it's not really where my my heart is i don't sure i don't want to hold someone's hand mm-hmm. i would like to um i want to give them the tools and then the people who have it in them to, yeah. to pursue it passionately, um, give yeah. them the tools to be able to do it on their own because you have to do this stuff on your own. You, you can't, oh, yeah. you know, it's not like you can't hold your hand into having a million dollar campaign, Absolutely. you know, you can't, or a or hundred thousand or anything, anything, you can't mm-hmm. hold your hand into doing this for five years, making a living from it, yeah. you know? And so that's the situation <laughs> I'm in. I'm like, it's been five years. and I'm still making a living at this. I must mm-hmm. be doing something right, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'd say. So, but but like yeah, I was telling you also, I was pacing uh, my studio right before sitting down with you, going, "How am I going to make next month's rent?" You right. know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. it it has its ups and its downs, but it's it's very rewarding. And you know, when I show people this place, I haven't really shown them much to people because we're still finishing up things Mm -hmm. but it kind of it's an overwhelming experience for people when they actually can walk into this place and see what what's what's been built here um like i just showed it to a friend of mine who's moving he he's one of the main storyboard artists at dreamworks and he's moving to idaho as well and he was coming into town and he wanted to see me with his moving truck and so i showed him this place and he he was just like super overwhelmed. He s- sat down. And he's like, I didn't realize this was possible. Yeah, and I'm like this is overwhelming. Like it's you've you're building something really good here. So it was, you know it's it's as encouraging for me as it is for him. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> because yeah, you know, I'm in my own little world. Right. And struggling through the, the daily grind of it, but. Right.
0: And uh, you're the proof that it could work. So that, you know, for the people who are too hesitant, they'll say, well, let's see how he does. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I've just moved into this new place a couple months ago and it's, it's, um, it's amazing. And it, part of the reason that it's amazing is, I mean, that I moved here is because I want to have a production value to my, to my blogging, to my um, studio space. Right. And you know, like I, I want I kinda wanna show it off a little bit, but I, I wanna do it in a way that's tasteful. It's not just like a um like a vlog where I'm just flexing all the time, like, check out my new pad. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, I wanna have a there's gotta be a reason for it, you know. So
0: absolutely
1: um, anyway, yeah. All wow. of it. I'm going all over the place. I forget. No, me.
0: no, 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 that was <laughs> wonderful. That was incredible. I mean, uh it's it's important to have that insight to, to what it's like. And like you said, like it's a journey. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, like it's, it takes a time, it takes time to get to that point. And even still, like you hit a new, you need, you hit a new peak where it's like, okay, now I got to get to this level. And it's like the hustle yeah. never stops. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess I, did we even mention that? Um, because, or that was that a conversation before as well, where um, I've been five years doing this full time, but I'm still like, there's moments when it's like, well, the finances are always still tight. Yeah, I might sure. make a big campaign, and but what I do with the extra money is I put it in a bank account, and then I pay myself the bare minimum every month of what I need until that money runs out. Sure. And you know, I'm getting to a point to where the money's running out again, but I have another campaign, you know, happening. But one of the campaigns and the books they 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 pay themselves well, but right. I, I I need them to pay me more so I can actually. Take breaks and save money and go on vacations. And hey, Peter, how you doing?
2: (laughs) Long time no see, Jason. I know. Two
0: hours. Oh boy, so good. Oh wow, no, that's that's really interesting. That's the thing. It's because the hustle, like we said, never stops. And now I'm I'm curious to 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 know, like, do you feel each book gets harder or easier? Well, it gets easier
1: to produce and make and and jump through all the hurdles and you know i just i kind of know how to what to expect now um but there's it's it gets harder in the sense that um i can't i can't guarantee that every book is going to be a winner you know like it can't i can't have i can't i shouldn't expect every book to be a a massive success you know it because it's a numbers game and and so for the most part Almost every book has been a big success and so I'm like it, it kind of worries me like eventually there's going to be one that's not mm-hmm. and so I can't assume it will but I mean you know it's, it c- keeps going so maybe it will just keep building I, I just don't right. know but it's those kind of thoughts that are that make it harder to to push forward with that um, that ignorant like, focus that I did on my first books. Mm -hmm. And, you know, also I had the DreamWorks job on the side, so I was making the money to pay everything. And, you know, if I got into debt because of a fault on a campaign that I made, I could just get a freelance job and and take care of it. It, it, nothing, it was a hobby and there was no pressure on it financially to serve me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now it's like, yes, it's switched over and I, I'm making a living from it, but now, you know, there's a different weight on those books, um, Mm -hmm. being successful so that I can continue, you know? Right. And so, so that's, that's where, that's why I'm, you know, uh, having multiple projects kind of on the burner at the same time, like cognitive drawing and graphic novels. Yeah. And it's, um, because I do see cognitive drawing as being kind of the, the bread and butter of the business going Mm. forward. Um, potentially yeah, you want to do more of those, right? With different I subject do. matters and yeah.
3: different artists, even too.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the, the next step is once I get these first two books or three books done, just bring in other artists to help me um, oh, okay. make a new one every six months or whatever it is, because uh, it's just, you know, in testing it and seeing people's results with it. It's just kind of a no brainer. Like, mm. I keep getting signs like, you got to just get this you got to make this, you got to keep working on this, Mm, right? Like I love making the comics, but, but, uh, I, I, unless, unless the comic makes, you know, $200,000 on a launch, it's it's it's, the, the income from it will go down immediately afterwards. You know, I might Mm. be able to sell it for a little while, but it's never going to be like that launch. Whereas the educational products, they can have a a new audience every year, you know, Mm. And so right. that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking with it. Um, so in a way I'm, I'm hoping that the educational products will, and I, I'm not saying education, like me teaching people how to make comics. It's right. more like a broad general, like sure. art books and me not being a teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just providing a book to give you the tools type thing. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, so anyway, so, yeah, it's, I'm still figuring it out and to know, journey? we're, we're down to about 700 copies of the first cognitive drawing now. So now I'm like, okay, uh, we, cause we printed 2000. Um, <laughs> and you know, there's some interesting things in the background that, that might happen, which would change everything with, with that. But, mm-hmm. uh, but it's all still up in the air. So I can't,
0: of course, you know, it's, it was yeah. all
1: speculation at this point, but no. it's hopeful. It's very hopeful.
0: Yeah. You know? That's great. I really appreciate the honesty, Jason. I mean, that's, that's what I, that's what I really like about you too. You know, you're, you're, uh, you don't gloat. You're very humble, and you're, you're to the point. <laughs> yeah, the complete opposite of me. <laughs> hey, this guy over here.
3: <laughs> you guys want to see I the mean, best thing ever from made, you know by the best people ever? It's, you know, it's an alternative.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. I'm not going to lie. He is right. I mean, when he's telling the truth, though, it's different. <laughs> oh, my God. No, Jason is
3: great. Jason, did you ever uh, think about at all going down an academic kind of road and, and teaching art? you
1: know, a little bit when, especially when I first moved back here to, to Idaho, I actually was in conversations with the Dean of the university here. And um, they were like, well, you don't have a degree. It doesn't matter. You have all this experience. I'm like, yeah, I can teach animation, whatever you need, you know, and, and the teachers here, you know they don't have the experience. And so I was like, this would be a great thing for the community. Um, and then it just kind of hit some massive roadblocks when I got to the chair of the art and she was like, nope, you need a degree. Oh. And so, you know, I was just like, I'm not. What's the point? You know, I, I'm not going to play these games. No, uh, and so then I, it kind of shifted me to focus even more on on like I'm going to just make my own education system. It's um, a great because, idea because you know I, I I would love to 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 teach it to pe- to kids through the universities and mm-hmm. teach people how to animate and stuff, especially if they have good
3: pay. Sure, yeah, <laughs> you know, it
1: can supplement what I'm doing, and that could solve some problems.
3: But um, there's just too be many like the Bob rocks. Ross of comics. Could, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's why they hated him, too. He's giving a free education every single time he was doing it. Yeah. And they're like, uh, and he's like, anyone can do this, you know? And they're like, yeah. no, no, they can't. Yeah. They don't like to yeah. hear that. So you can't,
1: you can't say anyone. There's but it's, no it's great
3: to see what you're doing.
1: Yeah. And it's it's fun. It's, it's really satisfying because for the longest time, you know, I tried to explain to people how I taught myself how to draw. And they're like, yeah, you're just practicing. You know, like when I talk to like artists who are really good, they're like, yeah, let's practice. And it's like, but explaining that and showing that to someone who doesn't know how to practice is kind of tricky. You know, like I grew up in a small town. My parents had no idea where, how to direct me to teach me how to do art. They would just kind of, I guess he's an artist over here, but they are they do the, you know, still life or something. And I'm
2: I don't
1: know. You know, <laughs> so... Um, I'm just hoping that this kind of gives like the kids with literally can have no money, uh, uh, the, the tools to really teach themselves how to draw quickly. And um, because I really think it's a, a thing that's kind of missing. There's, there's this idea that you do need the big education, you know, mm-hmm. you need them oh, yeah, to go definitely. to Cal arts or whatever it is. And it's yes. just, it's, it's not true. You know, the, uh, in, with my experience in Hollywood working there for 20 years, uh, there was just as many people who had, uh, who were in prominent positions like directors and you know art directors and whatever, uh, who who had an education versus didn't, mm-hmm. um, and in some cases the non-educated, non art school, non Cal Arts people had the advantage. Um, like myself because they had a unique style and a Ah. unique approach you know so not to completely education, there's a place for it but um yeah um and i know you're involved in it too so but um but like i've been i was told so many times from when i was doing storyboards for all these different directors in in hollywood they'd be like where did you learn this you know and i'm like oh i just made it figured out on my own you know right so you never went to college for it? And I was like, no, I never did. And they're like, no wonder. That's why mm-hmm. your stuff is so interesting and different right. and unique. And I, that's why I keep hiring you is because you have this different flavor. You it's don't just have this processed uh, approach to storyboarding. And yes. so I've, I've really embraced
0: that, you know? No, that's great. Now, I find that certain teachers, they don't kind of pull out the creative voice that's in these students, and they try to get them to draw like they draw. Okay. And I think that's detrimental. Yep. You know, and that's a lot of schools. I think that's why we're seeing the same yeah. styles in these comic books lately. Mm-hmm. It's, the same, it's literally I the
1: totally. same thing. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's, hard, it's hard to find those teachers that are like that. And I had a teacher here in Pocatello. He runs mm-hmm. the local comic shop, and he was always about just, like, let you uh, figure out your own thing and give, you know, like when I went to his class, I wanted to draw Phobos, this the, the thing that I would – Right, we're still drawing now, but this was in high school. And he's like, "All right, well, your assignment will be draw the first, you know, eight pages of Phobos." And mm-hmm. um, and so it's just like it's that kind of encouragement and just assisting the students going in the directions they yes. are inspired to go is so awesome and invaluable, oh. you know, um, and that's necessary and needed.
0: I, I agree. Yeah. Let me just uh, get into the chat. Say say hi to some people. We have Ara. He says, "Hey, hey." How's it going, Ara? And we have Alex. Hey, guys. Mr. Brewbreaker. It's an honor. Well, that's very Thank nice. you. Thank you, Alex. David Shizza. What's up, fellas? How's it going? And I, I saw Ryan Win here. Oh, hello, friends. What's up, Ryan? Hello. And then I saw the artist of Wirehead is here. Michael O'Shea. How's it going? Right. He's making his uh, appearance in the chat. I like it. <laughs> and uh, so real quick, let's just show off uh, Phobos. So now... This is, oh, you hit your goal. Oh, yeah,
1: it, it was, when was it? Like a night or so ago? Yes. congrats. <laughs> I make it a, uh, I've done so many campaigns now. I just, I literally like try to avoid them. I, I you know, it's weird. I, I keep myself so busy with other things that I, I, if I can forget about it, then that's a good thing yeah. because otherwise really <laughs> campaign never funds.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, so anyway, yeah, I've, I've okay. been working on a lot of stuff. And
0: so this is I, I was looking at your stuff and this is a little bit different obviously the black yeah. and white but i love the aesthetic because yeah
1: yeah this has that's a great... whole different thing for for my audience is just yeah. this, it, the the genre you know the classic horror the 1940s and 50s oh, horror genre that. and it's a spoof so it's comedy uh yeah. that's different and then black and white you I know but it. um and because people really love my coloring in my previous books. Sure. And I so I was really kinda hesitant to just launch a black and white white mm-hmm. book. But I think the reason people like my coloring is because of the mood and the yeah. sound, the lighting. Definitely. and this has lighting all the way. So Oh yeah. If anything is more lighting than I normally do. So oh, and people have so loved so it, you know.
0: Yeah, it looks great. Oh, and this is the all the perks. Oh, wonderful. I love That's how you even did. decorated this and design this. Yeah, yeah. It kind of clicked all of a sudden. And I was like, ah, I know what to do. Right.
1: And my friend Austin shirtliff helped me uh, come, <laughs> come up with the idea of how to structure this and uh, not structure but the, the how to make the, the campaign look so sure, helpful and deciding. So um, why Phobos? Why Phobos? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I came up with, this was one of the first comic ideas I came up. It was the first while I was in junior high. Um, I have some old sketches of the Frankenstein and the, the half bat, half man character, which is Phobos mm-hmm. who's stuck in mid transformation. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I really fell in love with it at the time. Obviously, you know, I'm, is it, my own story and it's, childhood story. But over the years, you know, I've kind of pulled it out and showed it to people because I made five issues back in the day. And they oh. were published. the first one was published nationwide. It was horribly drawn, but you know, <laughs> it's okay. It still had the humor, though, and, and the characters and the story went lightning speed. It was like, page one, there's, you know, a group of characters, page two, they're all friends, you know, right, right. So, um, so anyway, I, I've, since then, I've scrapped it and said, Okay, I'm done with Phobos. But then over time, I started showing those old, old pages to people, and they they really liked it, and they really responded well to it. And we keep, people kept asking, when are you going to do Phobos again, or keep going with it, or whatever. And so finally, I started working on it. This was like 2014 at night um, mm-hmm. after I was coming home from DreamWorks, and I just started like that page with the Frankenstein in the hallway with all the arms sprouting out of them. That like, looks great. Those panels are, are some of them that I, I kind of designed um, just this new... Uh, visual element, you know, the, the film grain and really focusing in on that, that sure. of what I fell in love with. And, um, and taking all the idea the 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 way you do VisDev at DreamWorks and merging mm. that into it as well, and kind of came up with the the, the new style for it. Uh, I, I kept rewriting the story over and over again. Um, and finally, I, I I finally settled on what I felt like would was a good retelling of this same story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the 20 years of like learning from all kinds of different directors and different studios and different projects I was on, yeah. I, I feel like I, I have, I, I can tell the story now and get do it justice. Right. And so it's definitely not, it's not a, it's not like I am just recreating what I created when I was 15. Mm-hmm. It, it's actually taken taking the ideas that are good and just, and then throwing it all apart, pulling it all apart and putting it together in a, in a, in a good way. And I'm really proud of how it's, what it's become now Mm. because, and I'm trying to stay true to the things that inspired me as a teenager. Ah, yes. Those true to it. And so, you know, as monsters, as cute girls, it's, (laughs) it's, you know, I'm trying to still appeal to that same audience that I was, but just do it better. Like, Mm with all the skills and the knowledge that I have now. Oh, that's and, great. Um, so anyway, I'm I'm super looking forward to how people uh, awesome. will think of it when they get that story. Yeah, I... I, I it's seriously gonna be like a th- over a thousand pages if I can keep going with it, so.
0: Wow, sweet, so I, I was going through this. I'm, I was like, did I read this right? So this is 300 pages?
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. So it's, <laughs> the first book is, I wanted to do 500, but Doug to was like, stop, you got to go smaller because, you know, you're risking too much. Mm-hmm. And he kind of convinced he had a lot of arguments for it. And he convinced me to just like make, make it smaller because, you know, I could work on this thing for five years and then put it out and no one would buy it. You know, and like oh, I don't right. I don't want to risk that. So um, uh, and Phobos is really such a big test for me. It's like. Mm-hmm do should i work on this i don't know like i guess the audience really needs to decide for this one because it's so like i feel like i have an unnatural love for it because it's a childhood thing that i made but unless other people have a love for it too i i I can't invest in making a thousand pages you know um so wow that's all to say, you know, back the project, if you like. It. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What's the average length of your books? Are they all over, like,
0: roughly 100?
1: Um, yeah. I've Well, Sithra uh, 1 was about 90 pages, maybe 70 pages of story. And it's okay. because I was at DreamWorks, and I was just like, whatever I get done in this year is what I'll put out in a book. Mm-hmm. But besides Sithra 1, um, all my other books have been between 150 to, to about 200 pages um, in length. Um for Remind and Citra except for that first one. Mm-hmm. Because I had six volumes of Citra. Six volumes? <laughs> so it was a it was over a thousand pages, about about a thousand pages total for Citra.
0: You are a beast. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. When you get a free minute, Jason, we still have to we gotta catch up on uh, a bunch of things. I don't <laughs> yeah. wanna be public about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah i would love to. but you're <laughs> always so busy i'm always so busy we gotta just uh, one of these days yeah, yeah. <laughs> this sure. whole this whole year too has been insane i know uh, it's just, just with pretty, everything
2: pretty
3: cool. mm-hmm. oh man I know it's but true. um with this crowdfunding campaign and with your other ones too uh, you probably learn what not to do what to do more all that kind of mm. stuff as you go on um what have, what's been your best strategy so far that you think has really worked for you
1: um, well, one of the things that I do that other people tend to not do is is I try to keep it as simple as possible. Um, and I mean, you know there are people that make it simple too. But like with my Remind Two campaign, I was just throwing in all kinds of stretch goals and just kind of, let's print this, let's make another hardcover book with the sketches, you know And all these ideas were great, but i I found myself overpromising. Um, and then I would have to pay for it somehow. How else, you know, get freelance jobs um, to pay for it. And and now that I am doing it full time, I can't I can't make that mistake of overpromising because I can't just rely on getting a freelance job because I have too many uh, obligations that I'm that I need to fulfill. You know, and the more freelance jobs I get, the less time I can devote to fulfilling these obligations, right. and so it means everything's extended years and years down the road. And so, um, so I try to keep, I've been trying to keep the campaigns really simple. For instance, my cognitive drawing campaign was the simplest I've ever done. And it, it was like a, a book, you can get a book, nothing signed. You can get two books, you can get three books. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. there was only those a handful of tiers. I never added anything to it. I didn't have any stretch goals. I didn't have any extras to print and make and, and package with it. And, um, and it made $45,000, you know, so all that money was able to go to the, to the book and then to, to help me, you know, it's paying, it's, it's helping me survive right now, you know? Mm. So, um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't rely on the hype as much and I know it hurts my campaigns. You know, I don't make as much as I did with, with the super hype filled campaigns, but, um, I just want to make sure that, that I don't kill myself or wear myself out and make
3: it to where I don't enjoy doing it, you know? It's kind of like a trade-off because you get to do these one things and and really focus on it. And then, you know, maybe you don't raise as much, but instead of doing 10 or 12 different things with the one campaign and you maybe raise two or three times the amount, you know, if you were raising proportionally the same amount, uh, Mm -hmm. it'd be one thing. But yeah. if you're going to raise, you know, maybe double or three times, it's sometimes I think people do paint themselves into a corner with that. But uh, yeah. Yeah. that's a good strategy. Keep it, uh, well, keep it simple. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's all with the idea that I know I'm going
1: to have to just I'm the only one who's going to really care about this and have mm-hmm. I'm the one who has to fulfill it at the end of the day. You know, my I could say hopefully my wife will help me. But, you know, <laughs> that doesn't always happen. Uh, and hopefully, you know, like I'll be able to find help or whatever it is. Um But and so I know I I don't I've painted myself into a corner before I've I've set myself up to go into depression for a year before because of campaigns. I don't want to do it again. You know, and so if if um, I get to a place to where I can uh, expand and have more people on staff and I know that certain stuff can be done and assisting me then um then I would be a lot more eager to to step into those kind of things and just have all these options that I know someone else is gonna handle, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, it's I, I always focus on what I want. Like I want to make a book that I would want to buy. And so right. that's why it's it's always kind of hard for me to to have all these extras because I don't, you know, I don't really I don't like the prints. I don't have any prints, you know. I don't buy them. I don't consume them. So I know I could make money from them, but it would really require someone who's obsessed with prints to make those decisions and, and make them and fulfill them, you know? And so, so yeah, I don't want to just lock myself into doing things that I don't care about, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so that's the way I've been approaching it. And this, this Phobos campaign has been interesting because um, I say they're simple, but you know, if you look down on that campaign, there's there's my whole back catalog of of content that people can add that. orders. And nice. so I'm, I am making a bunch of money from selling add ons at a discount, but I don't have to actually create any new ones, really, you know, and so, uh, so that's been a nice, a nice feature of Indiegogo that I really like. And I know you're using that too, Peter. Um, yeah, yeah. It's Do you great. prefer it over
3: Kickstarter at all, or
1: I, I like feel about the it? features like that over Kickstarter um, better. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't like that people get charged up front and then if they want to change their order, they have to cancel it and then buy a diff- different order. So yeah, that yeah, kind of that's is the biggest confusing. thing. Yeah, the big other thing. thing that's confusing is if people are charged up front and then I don't hit my goal, and like it's hard to explain that. I, you know what? I guess I just cancel all the orders.
3: You know? <laughs> it's yeah, just, if you don't hit your goal, they get refunded. So they if don't we get do the. Yet. If you do the so, flexible goal, then they you keep the money, they get charged anyway, which is yeah. also a pitfall for a lot of projects exactly. too. Yeah. I would never um, do the flexible funding. Yeah. I don't recommend that either. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah, so that, that's one thing I found too, is that we had a couple of people just recently say they want to do the whole, you know, I want to add a, a perk or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. I already have my perk that I made mm-hmm. and they go, but you know, if I cancel it, then you kind of get hit with a little bit of a transaction refund yeah. charge. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and if I don't, and I just add on. Uh, do I get hit with a wallop of shipping? You know, because mm-hmm. I really want to yeah. make sure that the shipping is all combined. So that's definitely okay. one of the biggest things I'd, I'd see. I'd want to see IndieGoGo tweak. And then the other yeah. one is obviously to adjust quantities and things like that. Give that yeah. ability. But um, there's there's mm-hmm. still many things about it that I think it's miles ahead of Kickstarter at this point. And yeah. at least they're yeah. doing stuff too, which shows that you they know. are thinking more forward towards that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, do like the
1: simplicity of Kickstarter because it's still the same, but it, the back end is just horrible to try to get information from them. Yeah. <laughs> the surveys are horrible. You can send it once and then you oh, can't send it again. telling People and oh, it's just, it's a nightmare. So, uh, uh but you know, things like backer kit solve all those problems, but then you got to pay more money to backer kit, but I, I highly recommend it. Um, Another thing I'm doing differently this time is I actually I've seen people say I won't charge you for shipping until after the campaign's done and I get the total and then through BackerKit I'll charge you for shipping, and I, I think that's causing a little bit of a problem with the perception because it doesn't look like I'm making as much. Mm-hmm. Like so, if I would have charged for shipping, I'd be in the you know thirty thousand or thirty thousand range right now. So it looks it looks inflated, but the problem is you know, Kickstarter then takes a percentage of that shipping fee. Um, and so, you know, you have to charge more for shipping and then shipping changes. And then, you know, right. what if I get a bulk discount because I have thousands of orders. Well, I, I'm still charging people that non-bulk price. And so I, I, I've i seen other campaigns start doing that. And so I wanted to try it at least this campaign to see mm-hmm. if it works. And um, it's kind of a, a relief because the shipping is always the biggest question mark for me is what's that total shipping price going to be. And so yeah. I have to put that money into an account and I never, t- I never try ever touching any of it until I've done my shipping mm-hmm. and because it's always stressing me out. And so this way, uh, I don't think it's going to be a, a that kind of a stress because you know, when the shipping comes, I, I can just say this is what it is. (laughs) Right? know. I did tell people if you don't like the price, I'm going to charge you for shipping later, you can ask for a refund, and I'll give you a full refund of your products. Um, And that's fine. But you know, so hopefully it's clear to people. And hopefully it doesn't cause any problems. um, When I send out that shipping bill, you know, I don't don't either I don't want to overcharge people either. I usually am really cheap with my shipping as far as domestic. Sure. International is always horrible.
0: Oh, it's the worst.
1: I don't know how to even get it cheap. So, <laughs> so, I, so I always, uh, from this point on, I, I really like having my international orders done by a shipping company because they mm-hmm. can tend to get better shipping prices, you know. Yeah, definitely.
0: So, uh, yeah. So we have Colin Schwinborn in chat. It says that it's happy 3.30 a.m. Damn. <laughs> thank you, Colin. Oh, wow, I wonder where they are. I know. Thank you for joining and Ryan wins. This is all so informative. Yeah, no, definitely. Because I'm going to be launching my first Indiegogo, uh, Jason, this this yeah. October. So, okay. um, and I and Ryan is going to be launching his. When is it, Ryan? It's in, uh, Peter, it's like in
3: two weeks or a week. I think he's doing it in like a couple days, maybe uh, like the twenty first or the twenty second, something like that. Okay. So, what would be uh,
0: tips? Because I've done a Kickstarter before and it, it went well, but like. You know, I feel like everything's different now with social media and, and YouTube. I mean, this I did this one back in, like, 2013, 2012. So what would you say would be some important tips for starting, you know, mm-hmm. launching your first campaign to be aware of or getting it out there?
1: Oh, I, I feel like my opinion and advice on social media and how to use it is so counter to every to, – <laughs> to all the right. – people who are successful with it mm. and so I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's just me or if this is if if I'm understanding it better than everybody else <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, share, share your wisdom. <laughs> but,
1: well see I, I think I I'm smarter than everyone else and so I'm like social media is a waste of time but <laughs> I, I could be completely wrong and maybe I just don't know how to use it at all and so but I've tried it for 10 years I feel like there's two distinct sides of social media. Anyone who's actually using it and stuff, they, they're using the consumer side of it. And so mm-hmm. I don't participate in it anymore um, mm-hmm. because it's only participating as a consumer. Um, I am giving all these platforms, all my information, all my likes, likes, so that people on the other side of that fence can actually buy and pay to access my information and sell to me as a consumer. And so I'm more interested in social media from the the businesses who are trying to market to the, the consumer side of it. Mm. And I haven't cracked that code yet, right. but um, but it, it means advertising. It means paying money to 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 refine and figure out where your audiences is, it is and, and just paying to get ads in front of them. Because, you know, when I was on when I had my blog uh, remind blog, uh, I would do all these different things to to get organic traffic and although it, it it did work I did get organic traffic the thing that that hands down did better than anything else was just when i just went out and bought advertising uh, through project wonderful which is shut down now um, mm-hmm. or, or these top list sites you know, pay 50 bucks for advertising you need, and suddenly you have like 500 new subscribers that are actively participating and wanting to you know buy potentially buy your books and
0: stuff it's like ads like facebook ads stuff like that
1: um that what well kind of back created? in the day it was through project wonderful so you would buy Different. ads on other people's web comics and stuff and so it just it made me realize that that advertising is just like there's a reason companies pay billions of dollars for it it's just knowing how to do it correctly is the problem and yeah. you know to the Guy like me, I I don't you know it's like it's a lot of experimenting to, to finally to fine tune it. Um,
3: so that's What's my. What's been the best uh, way for you to get the word out there? Yeah.
1: Has yeah, it Been
3: a newsletter or YouTube or what would you think? What's the best
1: way? Um, for me, it's been YouTube over the last you know so so many years. I yeah. don't I don't know if I've um, I I feel like I haven't cracked the code with YouTube because. The stuff that I do on YouTube, um, yes, it gets more traffic. Uh, you know, like so, so being on podcasts, being on things like this, uh, live streams, um, just making YouTube content, um, uh, blogging, mm-hmm. um, those are those are all huge. And, and launching campaigns on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, those are all sources of my, of my new customers. So people discover me from those methods. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people have put more weight on live streaming as the way to do it just because, you know, Ethan skyver has been really successful with it. And so everyone's following suit, but, but I haven't found that to be successful for, for me personally. Um, and so I'm trying to also, I mean, I do it a different way too, and everyone has their kind of style of, of doing it, you know? And so, I have a different approach that I'm really trying to aim for with YouTube content um, going forward. Um, I haven't been able to really start it. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's kind of still up in there. But really, the, the root of it all is like is continually feeding stuff out to people um, and trying to get them to join a mailing list of some sort, you know. Yeah. Um and then when you launch, you can actually you have a big pool of people who are waiting for you to launch that mm-hmm. they can jump in from the start. And that's ever since the beginning, that's been the the biggest reason for my success on on Kickstarters is is having a group of people that are waiting for me to say, here's the new book. You right. know, that's um, the key. So but but how you find those people to get them on your mailing list is the is the kind of the question we're talking about. Like, um, is that social media in my opinion no because people who follow me anyway on social media they're people who've discovered me other places Mm
2: -hmm. and then they
1: they follow me on social media as a secondary thing so they have already discovered me you know so they might already be on my youtube channel or my you know um mailing list or whatever They, Mm -hmm. they they subscribe to an indiegogo campaign or a kickstarter or they you know whatever it is um because when I've pulled my audience, like as far as discoverability, uh, all the social media platforms together were like the bottom of the of the list of where people discovered me. And so that's surprising, it was surprising to me. Um, and again, maybe it's just because I've been doing it wrong, but I also have come to the conclusion that it's just because I've been in the side of social media that is just the consumer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you know, I want to switch over to the marketing side of social media where I'm actually buying ads to put them in front of these people, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. And um, I don't know. I don't have it figured out, but that's my, I think when it comes to social media, that's, that's the direction I would, I would favor, you know, I, I just don't have the personality that goes viral on social media either. You know, like, like I am not going to do something really controversial because I just right. don't, I don't want to get myself, you Same. know, in a where I have to argue with people. I know that's the thing that gets passed around on social media.
0: It certainly does. You know, you
1: yeah. got to make people mad to trend, and I, I, do, I don't want to go there. You know, I Same. would I would rather just yeah, you know, pay a hundred bucks to 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 acquire a hundred subscribers. How, right. However, you do that. I don't know. I'm not saying I know how. <laughs> oh, sure. No, absolutely. I know that advertising works, mm-hmm. and so I'm. I'm.
3: I think I'm trying to put on that hat now and and experiment with it at least. No, that's. Well, we could do something where I say I hate you and I think you suck, and you say you hate me and you think <laughs> I <I'm Yeah>. suck. <laughs> it goes back and forth. To play it up. <laughs> yeah, do like a WWE type of thing.
1: Yeah, and then all your fans would actually hate me, and all my fans would actually hate you, okay. and then. Yeah, I would, yeah. It would no longer be a fun joke. Well then, <laughs> yeah, well happened. then,
3: you know, after a year, we can make amends. You know? Yeah, and you know, we can have a big public, you know, all right, let's hash yeah. it out. And, you know,
2: <laughs> it was that's, that's why like...
3: it's so funny nowadays because when people get sucked into a lot of stuff, and not just not just drama in the comic industry, but just in general, yeah. Yeah. it's with the internet's become so easy that people just kind of dive emotionally right into a lot mm-hmm. of these anonymous people. All these oh, anonymous yeah. cows you don't know who's who and yeah. they're saying things they're they're doing things they're getting ridiculous with it yeah and you know they get more people to be ridiculous with it yeah and it could all just be coming from you know the call for could be coming from inside the house yeah, <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs> it's just it's funny that that it's easy to set up and i'm yeah. not saying we're gonna do something like that obviously but yeah yeah it's it, that's the kind of thing that it's always funny to me when i see that because i'm always like is that real though i know i don't know is this
0: scripted is this staged yeah you know and time
3: time will tell of course whether or not you know some feuds and and whatnot and some things are real but um it's it's unfortunate i think how easy it is and some people out there who knows maybe they do try to play the system a bit and toy with people's emotions Mm -hmm. it's it's tough to tell it's it's it seems to me like there are
1: certain personalities that are drawn to to that and do not not drawn to it, like to follow it, but to actually make the the content like that. And, you know, it's like, you know, everyone has a different personality. And so it's it's really the hardest part in all this is finding what fits with my personality. Because right. There's an awful lot of advice on how to do things and do it quickly and successfully and whatever. But, you know, like, I, I go against an awful lot of it because it's just like, eh, that would drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. I would stay awake all night. You know, I I've tried it a little bit, and three people gave me a thumbs down, and I couldn't sleep. You know, <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I've I've tiptoed into some of those things, and I'm just like, enough. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. You know, and that was a, that was quite a while ago too.
0: <laughs> before it's the true. Internet, it's true. Before it's the internet got really hostile. <laughs> before the internet got asked, my God, <laughs> damn, I can't even imagine a time like that anymore. <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah, it was so, it was so simple before.
0: <laughs> wow. That's crazy. So, all right. So I guess, so your advice would be get out there, find your audience, uh, use, use social media or, you know, YouTube, you know, in a way that suits you, you know, yeah. and, and yeah.
1: the way you're yeah, I a mean, person. Really, if you, if you love Twitter, like, all well, Wow. <laughs>
0: I don't know if anyone can
1: Instagram go for it. There's people that, that love it (laughs) and, but there's people that really love it and they, they enjoy it. I don't think that's true. I think they're deceived into thinking they enjoy it. (laughs) 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 Sorry. You can can tell how I feel exactly, but I um, And Facebook, you know, I, I hate it with a passion. And so I don't understand why anyone would go on it, but there's people that genuinely love it. And, um, so, yeah, you know, the only reason I'm on Facebook, I went back onto it and it's so that I could actually experiment with buying ads on mm-hmm. on it. So
0: how'd that work out?
1: Uh, it's interesting. There's it's very promising. I, I tried it a little bit during the cognitive drawing campaign,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's surprisingly easy to make yourself look really, really popular. And so and it doesn't cost that much money. So I haven't pursued it anymore other than for a month. But right now I'm kind of I'm dabbling in uh, into uh, doing YouTube advertising just because it's been this. I've had friends that have been really successful with it. And oh, really? so I'm like, OK, well, let me. Let me at least try it, you know, I've tried it on and off in the past and I've always been like, it doesn't work, it's a waste of money. But hmm. it's just like I've realized there's an awful lot more to it than I ever imagined. And there's a lot of strategies and there's a lot of knowledge. You gotta, you you gotta, you know, get over the learning curve. And so mm-hmm. I, I should at least try it for a while before I completely write it off. And, um, anyway, so I'm uh, going all yeah. over the place.
0: But how does um, that work? I'm curious. So now, um, it, it would be like Facebook ads where basically your video looks, it shows promoted and appears and like people's,
1: yeah, you know, like the skippable in-stream ads, which are really annoying. So, um, like if oh, you if you have a one of the things I just learned is if you have a big YouTube presence, um, not a big, but like me, yeah. I have, you know, I've had over a million views or whatever. Um, and I've deleted a bunch of my videos, which I realize now was a bad idea. I should have yeah. just hit Same. them because all that information, all that data is gone now. I like know. billions of views <laughs> of data is gone. And I didn't realize it was you know, to my advantage,
3: just hide it all. You'll always unlist everybody, on so, the video. Did
0: not know Lesson
3: ever. learned. Unless but you know, the thing is,
1: once you get um, so many subscribers and, and stuff, you can actually use that information and find similar people that subscribe to you, you know, because everyone's being tracked and monitored so they can be marketed to.
0: All
1: right. And um, all these free tools is using our data to, to sell to people who want to mine our data. And so, you know, um, so since I've had a YouTube channel with a lot of people viewing it, um, you know, I can, I, I've, you know, set it up. So it's it's, it's mining all that data it sounds really awful, but <laughs> it's, it's it's gathering um, all the data for the last couple of years. And it takes a while to do this um, uh, of all the, users that have followed my stuff subscribed Mm -hmm. to it or even watched my videos in the past Mm -hmm. and then it has this big massive group of people that says find everybody who's similar to these and so the biggest hurdle is is getting a bunch of people who are actually interested in your content so you know it might take you a little bit of time to to actually get enough people who have watched your videos into the youtube system um so that you can actually start using that data in your favor, but apparently once you get enough people in there to where you have a pool of like millions of people that you can actively market to that are exactly similar in the way that they think and buy and and subscribe to your audience, then it's really easy to to, to start advertising directly to people who who uh, really like your kind of stuff right you know? and Ooh, but, but you know you can start out doing it already, but it's just, you're, you're, you're more like throwing a, a a billboard out there to general audiences. And so you, you, you have to pay more money to, to find people and stuff. But like I say, I'm, I'm so new to it. I don't know, but, but I, I do realize that there's a lot more to it than I've ever thought.
2: Mm. And
1: so it's, it's just, I wish it was simple, like project wonderful, but it's not. And Even though Project Wonderful was kind of complicated to me at the time, this is just a whole (laughs) this is like a a huge amount of complication more. But (laughs) it's similar to Facebook. You know, Facebook, you can do all the same, all the same tools. Right. Just I don't know why I would go to Facebook because I never go to Facebook
0: Mm -hmm.
1: myself. And so I don't know. So I would have to advertise to people on Facebook and then convince them to go somewhere else. And Uh so if I was on Facebook, then it would make sense for me to advertise on Facebook more. Sure, uh, but since I'm on YouTube, I'm like, well, maybe I should just focus on YouTube, you know.
0: Mm.
1: So, point. have you uh, tried that, Peter? Have you Yeah,
3: done yeah, we've uh, we've had some of the alternate commercials as YouTube ads. It's it's ah. pretty decent. I mean, it gets you it gets you some hits, it gets you some interest. Um, we had a couple people become alternate readers because they saw our stuff. Uh, but okay. it doesn't cost too much. Maybe like I think it was about two dollars a day. I had set at. But obviously, if you want to pay more than that, you can, um, and then you can people. really target it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's it's, it's an interesting way money. to to go about it. But I wouldn't recommend it just being like um like think of it like if you're going to be doing a commercial for a, a car, right? right? A, a car company doesn't just make a a car company commercial necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They make it for a specific model they have coming out. So with our stuff, it was kind of like. Well, do we harp upon, you know, one book or books that are getting released or a company-wide kind of thing? Mm. Um, so the commercials that I had put out at the time were just about getting people to know that we exist. And, you know, the different things about the price point, the newsprint, that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, but in the future, I would definitely more fine-tune it. Because I was even thinking of putting one out eventually, maybe around like a week or so uh, before the campaign ends. Putting mm. that on YouTube. That's just kind a of idea. like... A, yeah. Just kind of like a little bit of a just something wacky a little bit, you know, that gets yeah, people's attention, sure. something a little obnoxious. So they hate me right away. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you but got it, you could do it all kinds of ways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's the get... one
1: thing I'm learning yeah. is like you, well, so you start out with just like Peter was saying a couple bucks a day and the idea is you just test, you test to see how your ads perform. And then you, it's really about refining your advertising to who, you know, and um, so the the strategies I really want to implement, like I haven't been able to implement yet because I need to actually film commercials for specific things. Like I would like to start advertising for cognitive drawing, but it needs to be a really specific uh, approach, you know. Um, and I just don't have time to make that yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and the, the the new direction I want to go with my YouTube channel would require me first going that direction before I advertise that direction. You know, yeah, so it's absolutely. like okay, well, right now I'm just putting my feelers out there. I'm doing the two dollars a day and just just seeing how things work. You know, because I'm a big believer that you have to like dive into something to really understand it. You know, yeah, um, you got to be invested in it, and then and then you start thinking about it you know, when you're not actively looking at it. You know, you, it starts racing through your mind at night and you dream about it and you solve problems in <laughs> your
3: subconscious and all this stuff, you know? So- yeah. um, It's kind of so like anyway. taking the big slab of marble. Right. And you have to get it to your house first and then you yeah. can start chiseling yeah. away, you know? And that's kind of how yeah. advertising is like. If it's on. sitting
1: there in your living room, then you're always gonna be thinking about it. Okay, yeah. I, I guess I should work on that slab of marble. You know, <laughs> but if it's, if it's just on Amazon still, Mm-hmm. Nah, someday i'll get to the slab of marvel on amazon you'll just forget about
0: it and you never think about it it's true so it's definitely true so now you yeah. you do what do you so you recommend what uh two campaigns a year or i don't know if i recommend it but three to uh,
1: I, that's kind of what i've been doing okay. um and i think going forward i'm gonna try to do a cognitive drawing campaign and a graphic novel campaign mm-hmm. so they're two distinctly different audiences there's yes. only like percent crossover right. on my audiences so uh i i see that they're i can kind of i can almost i could almost launch them at the same time and it wouldn't matter right you know if i want it but um, but yeah i i'm a little hesitant about doing more than one graphic novel type thing a year just be, for me anyway because i think i have a, a higher price you know i'm charging thirty dollars for the the book right now.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and, the, and then the super fans are paying, you know, 60 or 70 for the, the signed and numbered and uh, mm-hmm. slipcase edition and stuff. And so that's just an awful lot, I think, to ask of people yeah. to continue doing that every, you know, three months or something. But then again, I, you know, I see people that do it, and they're successful. So um, I don't, I don't know if there's I think my audience is, is they're not necessarily hurting for cash, mm-hmm. you know, and to buy a cover book, I, I don't just put on their shelf. I, I don't, so, so it's not, I'm probably overthinking it. I probably could launch if I deliver every time and it's a beautiful, amazing book. And if I could actually generate that much content, I could probably do three at one every three months, you know, like some people do, but,
0: Right, but your books are big.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't produce a 300-page book every three months. So, <laughs> uh, part of it, is, yeah. part of it is I want to uh, do it in a way to where I'm not killing myself uh, trying to get a, uh, all the content done that I'm promising. You know, sure. so so now with Fumbo, do you
3: usually like to? Oh, sorry oh, about sorry. that. I was going to say, no, do no. you like to fulfill a campaign and then launch another campaign, or do you like I to? Do. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like, like that big, too. It's it feels yeah. weird when I see a lot of people they launch like two or three campaigns and it's like wait what about what about yeah. that one?
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, right.
3: You know, if you get, if you get messed
1: up with a previous campaign on shipping, then it's going to roll over into your next campaign. And I mean, what if like suddenly you have a bigger bill on that last campaign? Are you going to eat into the new campaign's funds? And so. uh, those are the questions I have for people that do it. You know, Um, if you can turn it around quickly and get those things fulfilled before the next one launches, then yeah, it's like, it's great, but I can't do that. So I'm usually, I usually set it up so that when I'm sending out that update saying we've fulfilled all the orders, oh, by the way, I have a new campaign now, you know, Uh, (laughs) and it happens to be timed about every six months and uh, mm. People don't seem to complain. I, I still am dealing with scraggler orders from the last campaign while this new one's going. But it's kind of it's mostly backers' faults for you know not turning in their surveys or whatever, right. and so or, or changing their address after I've shipped out the book or or. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. It's so, not from
3: like your negligence or anything. Yeah. Or not, yeah. You know,
1: I've, I've, everyone yeah. who's given me all their information and it's done everything they need to do. Like I've fulfilled it. There there might be some books that haven't arrived because they're lost too, you know, so those things were, they're always, they're always going to happen. Um,
0: and now so, you, you you complete, you don't complete a book first. I mean, 300 pages like Phobos isn't, that's not finished, ready to go yet, is it? Or is it?
1: It's pretty much done. Um I have, I have a couple spreads to, to fine-tune the coloring or the, the grayscale coloring. Oh. And, um, and then we're uh, – a friend of mine, Nick Welch, you, you know Nick oh, Welch? Nick, yeah. He's, he's doing the lettering, and the, he designed the font and is, is redoing all my word balloons. <clears throat> and oh. so it really nice, looks nice. So he's going through and doing all that right now. Um, but other than that, you know, the the story's done. The, it's it's written. It's already drawn and colored, and uh, the the covers are pretty much good to go. I need to do some uh, front and back end design work for the book, um, but that's more a little bit down the road, you know. Yeah. Before I have to worry about that.
0: So that's what you do. You, you, you kind of bring it to about 90% completion and then you launch the campaign or sometimes yeah,
1: this one, it was even more, it was like 98% done when I launched the campaign. And it's just because I really didn't want to be in a place to where I was had, had to do all this work after I got the money, you know, I wanted to get the money and the work's kind of done and then it goes to the printer and then, you know, like things are moving. Um, because like when I launch a campaign, Uh, my mind starts shifting to the next project that I need to start getting ready. So I've already been working on cognitive drawing the female book right now because I'm like, got to get this campaign ready for, you know, February of next year, you know? (laughs) So, but ideally, you know, I think for the graphic novels, I would love to get to a place where I can just have 10 pages done and then Mm -hmm. pitch it to Indiegogo and Kickstarter and say, hey guys, if you want this to exist, then fund it. You know, and I'll have a bigger goal, like $50,000 and say, if you want this to exist, you know, help me to fund the production of it. And that way I don't, I don't waste my
3: time. I think you could do that. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that right now, Jason.
1: Jeez. I just, I don't have, <laughs> I, I don't, I,
3: I question if I can, but. You can. Yeah, okay. Man. You can. I mean, There's I, schlubs I, like Geronimo here. He's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah well so
1: so the thing is i tend to have really long books so i i kind of have to charge more than than the 40 page you're you're proven though at this point though i was gonna
0: say for sure yeah yeah
1: you could and it it might put more um more uh desire for backers to back things if they know it won't exist at all unless i get the funding i i've never Taken that step though, so I can't determine if that's the case or not for my audience. Um, But you know, I I I will say I don't have any other graphic novels that I've been working on now that Phobos is done. So I've been you know I've been working on this on the side for since 2014, and so uh, if I were to do a Phobos two in the middle of next year, it would have to be that kind of a campaign. It would have to be a hey guys. Do you really want to see phobos continue? Yeah, fifty thousand dollars. You know,
0: it's a tremendous amount of work.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they'd have to wait longer for the the book to get done. But you know, I could I could turn out those pages in about six months if I if I knew the funding was there and I was exactly. you know I didn't have to worry about trying to pay the bills next month. I could just come in and just keep churning through the pages. You know, <laughs> like that really does a big number on your brain. Like if yeah. if you're wondering where the money's coming from you can't have the peace of mind to, to be all super creative <laughs> <laughs> It's and you know? give it your
0: all, you know, it's, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. Oh, damn. Well, well, I know you, you have to go cause I know you said you had an hour cause you have to do your channel. Uh, but I, I, I might not
1: jump on because I have, I'm trying to do these, this deck of cards for my son. Uh, he's, he made this game and I've been, I could here I could show you what some of them look like if you want. Sure. Yeah. You're um, illustrating? Them? Kinda, yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're learning to share my screen.
0: Yeah, please. Okay. And it is this one.
1: So so these are there's multiple so there's two decks. There's a car, a car deck, and then a weapons deck. Ooh. And I'm working on these weapons right now. And like this is a knife thrower. Here's <sighs> <laughs> a grenade launcher, a water gun. And the, they have different colors because they represent, um, different in, uh, here, I'll show you. Uh, so the cars, where's the cars.
2: And
0: this These is are all for your son.
1: Yeah. So he created this game and it was such a interesting idea and I I'd have never seen anything like it. And, and I thought it was simple enough that it could actually work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started developing it a long time ago. Like he seriously came up with it like three years ago and we've been developing it. And I just started printing like these, like the first editions were were literally like, like his drawings on the cards, you know? <laughs> and, and so we'd play it, you know, and it would, it would actually be fun and, you, and my eight year old can do it. And it, what it does is uh, you have to add your, your car card number to your weapons card number and then you have an environment that that depending on what color you have you plus or minus a certain amount of numbers from it and so oh, it's kind right. of a, a pretty much it's like a math game but kind of like war but then you can choose if you're going to draw a new weapon or a new car and it's right. it pretty comp- it's it's really fun i'm surprised that it's it's as fun as it is all right and so with his uh his, his the school he's going to they have a science fair and one of the categories is in, is an invention, and so uh, he decided that. Well, Chelly, my wife, decided uh, with him that that this would be a great thing to present at the science fair. Um, is this card game he invented, which kind of solves the problem of 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 making math a math game that's fun for kids, you know? Yeah. And um, so anyway, so, so you know, you have like blue cards. Uh, so there's these there's environments, uh, if I could show you the environments, just to give you a quick idea. So like here's, you know, you first lay down the environment card, and you, you have your two cards, your two card stacks in front of you. And you have two of them already drawn, so you have a car and a weapon already. Then you lay down... The environment car this one's beach shark attack draw a new car so I, I don't know each one has a different thing they have to do and that's a little problematic there but so we'll have to refine that but see all these numbers that say minus minus three or plus one right so right. like all the vehicles that are have brown like which are like the dirt bikes and stuff those get a plus one um if you have like the the boat car or the hovercraft car, you get a plus three because you have more, you know? And so and so then whoever gets the highest score claims that environment card, that track card. Oh, that's and cool. So, and so there's different things, damage control, maximum ten. No, but the malfunction, draw a new weapon, vehicle, ex- engine explosion, vehicle equals zero, you know? And so, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's turning into a a good little project. And so it's going to be crowd funded goal. Well, I, that that was the thing that was exciting for me is I I wanted him to experience crowdfunding um, so that he can, because he's very creative and he's always making games and all this kind of stuff. And I think that would, that would have been the best education as a kid to actually create something Put it online. Get orders. Fulfill those orders, even if it's a small little thing. Like, so we'd have the goal like a hundred bucks, right. and we just, you know, like if he gets ten orders, he could fulfill them himself and experience the whole process. Yeah. And so that was what was exciting to me about it, is giving him that opportunity. It's like the f- modern lemonade stand. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly
0: yeah. So true.
1: And um, yeah. so, so now I have a, a deadline because of the the school fair thing. And so I'm like, okay, I better get this thing. I better get these cards done so that we can print them and actually have them on hand and he can right. do his presentation and everything. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of a fun thing to, to try to great.
0: do. That's great. It's funny you said that with modern day lemonades, and Peter, I actually, uh, I try to get my students by the end of the semester, the illustration ones to now make some kind of crowdfunding pitch and they have to get up on, on, in front of the class and present it and like design their, Quote Kickstarter, IndieGoGo page because a lot of them when they get out of there they're like, "What's this stuff? Crowdfunding grants?" Yeah. <laughs> like they don't know any of this, and I think that's it's a it's a very important for them to have that knowledge, that you know, like you said, that experience, even for your son. Yeah, yeah, and I I mean I
1: I think it's it's going to just continue. I think it'll continue to grow, and more people will be used to this concept of buying directly from the artists. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, there's, there's obviously going to be the other side of it, which is just like non-crowdfunded products going to market. But, sure. but I think you have a this crowdfunding is like real world experience to, to even be able to move into that other side. You know. Yes. So, I don't think there's anything wrong with going
0: for crowdfunding like hard. <laughs> yeah. So you agree too? You feel that is basically the the future of kind of the future of where the industry is going?
1: I think it's the, the future of the development side, the future of pitching the future mm-hmm. of building intellectual property that becomes that eventually yes. becomes mainstream. Um, you know, like uh, these companies that have all the money that want to invest in Netflix shows they want, or Netflix, let's just say Netflix or Disney, like the, the more you can prove your product is already, uh, consumer worthy before you pitch it to them. It's just easier for them. they don't want to take any risks. You know, so if are. there's enough people coming up who are building things, kickstarting it, and then and then pitching it to companies, they'll be like, "Oh, you had 100,000 sales on Kickstarter. Well, I guess the market
3: testing has already been done. You know, people want it. You know, and so I, I think is- it's. A- It's funny, because last week, me and Geronimo, we had this conversation about Diamond Comics. They literally have it on their marketing. Oh, Uh, yeah. Tell them. Yeah, so on the the marketing, where they want to know what your plans are, uh, they say, well, if this was on crowdfunding, Kickstarter, whatever, and it was successful, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have success through the comic market. It's all this speech that's deterring you from going Mm -hmm. through crowdfunding. They want you to go through Diamond first. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of saying that, well, if you had success there, it shows you, you have an entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah. It shows that it's proof of concept. It's something that they can use to market for sales because you're like, hey, look at how many people love this thing already. Yeah. And chances are, it's it's usually a very small amount of people. Even if it's a really successful crowdfunder, let's say five or ten thousand people, right? Yeah. There should be millions of people out there that are comic readers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Totally you're telling me that that's it your whole audience is gone that you can't say hey look look how many people really supported this and this should be a selling point it's so it's it's strange to see but of course that's why diamond is a is the way it is in the comic industry is the way it is because it's counterintuitive to the thing that you just talked about where if you have success you could take that to pretty much any other business and say look Mm -hmm. that means something
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they go,
3: yeah, it does. I mean, have you ever watched Shark Tank? You know, like, yeah. say, how many
1: cells have you made? And they're like, oh, well, I didn't really make any yet. They're like, well, why are you coming to me then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have, to have something that's going to work. I can help you make it work better, you know? Um, so, exactly.
3: Yeah,
1: uh,
0: blows my mind. It's so counterintuitive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, these companies like Diamond, I think they just want to – it's the same with like something like DreamWorks, you know? They want – they want to have the artists, but to where all the talent is in their control, you know, yeah. and it makes sense. You know, DreamWorks, you know, they they have an f- amazingly talented artist there, but they're it's the, the mindset is it's more important to be a nobody in the world and rise up in this company and have these good roles. And I, you know, I have a lot of friends there that are doing amazing things. So uh, it's, and it's a great job and you can make a, can make a lot of money and you can make some big productions and stuff. But, um, but then you go online and you can't find any, uh, any of the personal work of these artists who are mind blowing artists. Right, right? Exactly. All you do is finish rendering that is taking their art and turning it into a DreamWorks type piece of art, which is all kind of, Mm -hmm. And for the most part, all the same looking, you know, it's a, but, but there's so many artists behind all that work that, that if they could just publish a book, you know, it would just make people's jaws drop, but, but they're, they're never going to try it because uh, it's, it's, it's the golden handcuffs, you know, it's, it's, um, and so I, I think it's the same thing with diamond, you know, they, 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 they want to have a thumb on the industry and they want people to just follow their rules so that, they don't have any competition. And I don't think that's ever going to stay the same. I, I you know it's it's only going to get more and more competition as as we see the years go. You know, the more the more people can actually share their ideas online and the more these yeah. amazing artists actually get yeah. get an idea to like, hey, I'll just take this directly to the public. Right. Like the more that starts happening, the more it's like going to be really hard for these companies to to hold on to their
3: top yeah. talent. And that's the funniest thing to see a lot of the stuff going on in the modern industry and and just in all entertainment industries, because competition is the mother of innovation and the mother of diversity. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to have diversification. You have to have innovation if you're going to have competition. Now, if you squash competition and you don't want that to exist, well, you get a very stagnant marketplace, which is kind of what we're all seeing right now Mm. until very recently with a lot of indie people saying, you know what, I've had it. Yeah. And we're doing our own thing and everybody's starting to come up. And a lot of the readers of the customers are benefiting from that too. So not just us, not just the creator is benefiting, but also the customer now. And they they actually have truly a very diverse selection to choose from. Right. Whereas well, before they really didn't.
1: Yeah. That's so true. Oh
3: yeah, I think it's exciting. It it doesn't mean
1: it's gonna get um it doesn't mean it's gonna get easier right. to be next big thing but it means it's easier to actually find yourself in a place to where you can be in a pitch meeting uh you can pitch to a to a group of people and say it does you know like you couldn't do that before yeah like like now now everyone can actually pitch their idea and instead of sitting on it the whole their whole life and saying if i could have only sold this thing to dreamworks you know i would have. i bet it would have been big now you can actually pitch it you know yeah. and yep. If, no, if it's a horrible idea, no one will buy it. I mean, it might, it might sell a million copies, even if it's a horrible idea.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's the equivalent of you have a job, you can work, you can make a living or yeah. every little can that you collect, you go and spend it on a scratch ticket and hope that, that you, you know, you win big. Yeah. yeah. And the old system is that system of like, yeah. you just hope, oh, if I just, you know, scrimp and save and I'm living on breadcrumbs and ramen, you know, maybe I'll make it big eventually. And yeah. you die and you're broken, and penniless. And then you're very or broke. you can actually make a living. Maybe you never make it huge and you become a millionaire or whatever, but you make a living. Mm-hmm. And you're not, you're not really, you know, complaining and you're not starving and dying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, you know, at any time, any one of us could say, all right, well... Uh, it was a good run, you know. I'm gonna go back and get the get the job I had before. You know, I could say I'll, I'll go back
3: to DreamWorks. Yeah, know. and, and you're even more attractive now as a hire.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it, exactly. It's I
3: beneficial can, for everyone.
1: That's true. More money.
3: Um. So, but you know, I I
1: love what I'm doing so much. I I, I would hate to be in that place to where I'd do that. But yeah. but eventually, maybe there'll be the right studio that opens up that I feel like I'm aligned with them, and and it, it, it the money's right, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this. I've done this for 10 years now and I'm going to try this, you know? So um yeah, it's just at least the opportunity has presented itself. This idea that I created when I was in junior high, I teach it to the world and people are actually buying it, which was unheard of, you know, like there's like, yeah. before I had this shop around to a publisher and they had to say, okay. And then they canceled it after the first issue and now, and then, <laughs> All hope was lost <laughs> you know i mean that literally happened with phobos and, and in the 90s wow, and really so I put it on the shelf and i was like well they own the rights and and they cancel it after the first issue so i'm done um i called them years later and said hey can i get the rights back and they're like sure we're not doing anything with it and so th- then i started you know reworking it again but um it's only because this excitement of being able to actually just put it online grow an audience yeah. uh, crowdfund it, uh pay my bills through the production of these things. People actually want to buy it. It's like it's it's so new, you know, and exciting. So and that I love it. it. Yeah, that's yeah. great.
0: Wow, so that was so that was in the nineties Phobos. And so yeah. you eventually you out, you got the rights back. So there's the company yeah. still around.
3: So um was there a bit of a Tim Burton inspiration?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I love Tim Burton stuff. So it was 1994 by Samson comics. Sam- um, comics. I created the, a key, like a photocopied version in 93. Wow. And then I sent that around Samson comics, wow. picked it up. Uh, they just did a lot of like indie stuff. And it was like one-off things. And, um, and then in 2007, I think, or 2006 is when I, I called him back up and said, Hey, can I, uh, are you, if you're not going to do anything with Phobos, can I get it back? I'd love to experiment with it. Sure. <laughs> you know.
0: So after one issue, they canceled it back then? Yeah.
1: yeah. That was that was in the heyday of comics. That's when they were selling millions of copies of certain issues, you know. And so anyone who had an issue one could get sales. I think they they must have sold more than, like, over 3,000 copies of of this really badly drawn Phobos comic that was black and white that yeah. a teenager drew and wrote and it had misspellings in it and everything. And, you know, it's like, but because it was number one and it was in diamond, it's like, they got a bunch of sales. And so, you know, they, they made some money, but then they're like, well, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to keep going. <laughs> and <then you> have <laughs> number one, you know, if we can relaunch the series again with another number one, that's gold foiled, you know, <laughs> <whatever>. so
3: <laughs> they're all number one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, by that that's time, I already
3: though.
1: gotten a job in Hollywood, so it was it was about a year later that I that I actually got an agent in Hollywood and I moved to L.A. and so I was like, mm. I'm done with comics, no more, you know.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's now I'm back. Oh, now you're <laughs> back. Isn't that funny? How you know when you said that the things that inspired us to make or be creative in the first place uh, comes back. And you know, it's it's always do that full circle thing because I've I always say this about with the blood realm story. I was I always loved drawing monsters and I loved horror, you know. But I thought I had to draw a certain way to get published and to get in and to acquire a fan base because you you you, you, your mindset when you're starting out, you're like, well, I got to draw like you know what the trend is. What's the trend? Then you realize trends don't last. That's why it's a trend. Yeah, (laughs) be who you are and you know and draw the style that is you know natural to your hand. And then once I started doing that, blood rum just came natural. And thankfully, this guy was like, "I'll take it." Yeah,
3: (laughs) well, looks so good. I didn't want to buy it with someone else's logo in the corner. (laughs) That's why we can't have that.
0: (laughs) Uh, Oh, Nick Welch. Nick Welch. He says, "I know these guys." (laughs) Hey, it's Nick. We were just talking about you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Don't don't go back in the conversation. Don't don't don't.
3: Don't, don't, don't Usually people pretend not to know me. Only nice things were said about you, Nick. That's
0: right. (laughs) Hilda says, why am I only discovering about this show only now? This is so good, guys. Uh, Helping young artists such as myself to just SS. I don't know what SS is, but thank you so much for tuning in, Hilda. I appreciate it. I'm glad you're getting something out of this. That's great. Yeah. Wow. So uh, that's great. So that you're coming full circle, like I was saying with... uh, Yeah, with Phobos. that's that's really cool. I feel like we we need to do that to like reconnect too. It's like what got me into this in the first place.
1: Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm always curious what will be you know the next phase because I've kind of I have come full circle and I'm back in this place where I where I grew up. You know, I met back in the hometown where I grew up. Drawing the comic I made when I grew up. what's next i don't you know i'm doing cognitive drawing which is the way i method i learned how to teach myself to draw back here so now i'm kind of like it's it's a real head scratcher what's i guess i'll have to make some new things (laughs) (laughs) it's it's exciting though you know yeah and i do have new stories i have i have two other stories i i am slowly developing in the background that i want to i i'm eager to to start on when the time is right you
0: know that's great that's fantastic man well Best of luck to to you and, and this camp. Well, I mean your campaign already hit it. So, but yeah. uh, let's bring it up again real quick, guys. If you haven't seen it, uh, Phobos is Jason's latest campaign. Uh, I love the art style. I'm definitely going to be backing this. It is gorgeous. I love this. This is right up my alley. Uh, I can. Yeah. You would definitely. Oh well, I shouldn't say it, but maybe you should say. Well, you're looking at film and like classic horror movie. Oh um, yeah, it's like the yeah, way. I mean-
1: inspiration for Phobos was the Adam, the old black and white Adams family and the Munsters and yeah. you know um, those other movies that are kind of comedy monster movies or or even the ones that weren't comedy, you know, like the Wolfman, like those just really old obscure, but yeah. really crazily lit black and white ones. And so it's just it was just fun to to work in that world, you know. That's
0: it's always fun. That is great.
1: And you know, there's a lot of Frankensteins out there that I just think are horrible (laughs) at patients. And so I feel like, okay, and and vampires and stuff, but you know, no one's made a vampire that's stuck in mid transformation. I mean, maybe they have, but never seen it. And uh, yeah, so it's a real nice little twist on all those classic horror characters. It's really fun fun for me to work in that world.
0: So then now that's a good segue because before you go, I have to ask guests, you know, who who is their spirit movie classic monster movie hmm. character
1: ask what what is their
0: so there's mummy, wolfman, frankenstein, creature of the black lagoon who speaks to you
1: <laughs> um you know i like i like werewolf movies i mean yeah i i there's not really one i i think I think the old, it's just, it's just that old classic horror, the comedy genre that, like I was saying, like the Adams Family, the kind okay. of the dark comedy uh, that's like, it's in the horror world, but it's not true horror, like to where you're just like. So, so then
0: out. Abbott and Costello then. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah. I don't, I don't know if I can, I would have to I'm sure like when I'm done I'll be like oh wait it was no it was but I I I can't like to me go for the, the wolfman wolf wolf Jason and pulling from all these sources and wolf
0: so Wolfman
1: go with your instinct you said wolfman go with the wolfman I I do love I, that's one of the ones that always kind of comes to mind and I'll look up still shots of that just yeah. because it's so it it looks dumb the wolfman looks really dumb but <laughs> just that uh
3: the concept,
1: the, You know, and then, like, the Nosferatu vampire, <laughs> you know, like, the, the eyes are highlighted with white, you know? like Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's, like, it's just, there's something about that that's just really enjoyable, so.
0: They are. No, they're classic. <laughs> See, uh, Rooster Puncher says, Blackula. That's, uh, that's right. <laughs> 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 Quelch. Minus the blob. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that was great. Hilda says Beetlejuice, probably a little too late in the years, you know.
1: But, yeah, uh, Beetlejuice is a great example of of what, well, you know, like that Tim Burton stuff, you know? Like yeah. he really played with that in that world, I think,
0: really well. Oh, definitely. I saw, uh, I don't know if you, if you ever been to New York City and saw that exhibit that was at the MoMA years ago. It was absolutely incredible. It was an entire collection of everything he did, uh, mm-hmm. his drawings. Mm-hmm. from a like, kid to how it grows to like when he's an adult and then the costume designs it was just it was incredible uh I was very inspired when I saw that and I was blown away because he he really is a talent that's yeah. I don't know what he's doing now I have a, I hate yeah. to I think <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right
1: and you know be. he can fail at everything from this point on it doesn't matter I'll I still yeah love you know the stuff he brought to the picture you know, back in the day. Absolutely. Huge inspiration.
0: Adam Warlock, Renfield from Dracula, Tom Witt's version.
3: <laughs> Just eating rats. That's what <laughs> Adam Warlock wants to do.
0: Oh, the one with the other one from, uh what's his name? Dracula dead and loving it. <laughs> <laughs> and Renfield, he's like, a fly. He's eating it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forgot that actor's name. Peter <laughs> Something like that. Right? Hmm? Forgot. Dracula Dead and loving it. Remember Peter Nichols? He plays Renfield. I don't know if anybody's... Oh, sees. okay,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, that one's hilarious. Thank God. All right. Well, Jason, thank you oh, so a, much. Another one oh, I is um, yeah, the
1: like Army of Darkness. You know, um, oh yeah, Evil oh. Dead Two. Right,
0: it's great. I love that. It. that a big.
1: <laughs> that was a big influence, you know, when I was a teenager yeah. too. So
0: the show was great too. I don't know if you've seen Ash versus Evil Dead. It's hilarious. I, I started watching it and it didn't speak to me. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I love well, If season one didn't, I don't know how the others are because it gets a little drawn out in the last season, but the first mm-hmm. season, I, I thought it was fun, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, I thought the first two were really good. The third was, like, uh, kind of lost me a little bit.
0: Yeah. yeah. The, the last episode with that big creature, oops, oh, spoilers, sorry, but was, it was awesome. But then oh, after that, it oh, was to, to get there was a little bit of a trick. Yeah. <laughs> i might have to try the last episode then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> definitely oh, all right guys well uh jason again thank you for tuning in uh peter you got to head out or are you gonna it's up to
3: you um i could uh, i could go for a little bit more
0: okay all right all right if, if you got to go jason uh do what you gotta yeah. do i know you're busy um, so you're
1: gonna start making some cards
0: Absolutely, man. Well, again, thank you. I'd love to have you on again. Maybe when Phobos concludes or Cognitive Drawing, whatever. I I, I really enjoyed chatting with you.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course, man. Take All care,
3: right, Peter. Good seeing you, Jason. You too.
0: Oh man. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was that was a good chat.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, I was on the Billy Tucci show, uh, Pop XP, last night, and Jason was there too. Oh, get out of here! Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant when I came on, and I was like, Oh, I haven't seen you in a while. just last night but I was like I can't I can't ask Jason too many questions I gotta save some of them for today yeah yeah exactly (laughs) it's it's always a pleasure chatting with him
0: yeah he's got a lot of experience and uh, an interesting journey how he's you know and one thing I found that was fascinating about the conversation was that he's still you know he's like I'm still learning you know and he's still trying to figure things out meaning like you know there's, there's different plateaus you know? Yeah.
3: And uh, you got to have that mindset. Have uh, I find that, uh, I've met a couple people through the industry over the years where they had that, you know, I know everything already and there's nothing left for me to learn. You can't teach me anything. You can't suggest anything to me. Yeah. Um, and that, that mindset will kill you more than anything. It's, I've found that people with great talent, but the wrong mindset yeah, will, not come close to the success of someone with eh, minimal talent, yep, but a wonderful mindset.
0: Absolutely. It goes a long way. Long way.
3: <laughs> it's so
0: true. It's I've seen people like that as well. And it's just like, man, you could be a titan in the industry.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's the attitude. It's all about the attitude. It is. And uh, Jason's got a terrific attitude. that Even his whole thing, where he's like, I don't know if I could just put like five to 10 pages and then, you know, people can go on faith with fulfilling the rest of the game. It's like, yes, they can. Yes, you can, especially at this point. I could see if he never did this before and he felt like, I don't know, I'm not really a proven uh, quantity. And, right. Uh, but he is. He's. He is he's kind of like the godfather of of comic book crowdfunding Yeah. <laughs> so it's is. strange to even see him say something like that but again it, it's a testament to his attitude and his humble nature yeah uh, that which i have none of right
0: <laughs> i know it makes me
3: sick <laughs> <laughs> good good i wanted to make you sick geronimo
0: <laughs> oh man uh you want to talk about uh the campaign see how it's doing
3: yeah we could do that we could uh Talk about the campaign. Do you have it up on your side? Oh no, you,
0: you could share your screen if you like. Okay.
3: All right. Let me do that. Let me do everything.
0: <laughs> I need a break.
3: <laughs> All right. So I shared my screen. Okay. Okay. So we are at 8,515. Uh this this is basically the second day, kind of wow. the start of the second day. Um 56% of the way there 113 backers on board thank you guys so much if anyone is in the chat and I see a couple people that are that have supported this thank you guys um, this campaign is literally because we have the most demanding the most ruthless readers in all of comics and they don't stop and they just keep sending me messages saying I want things I want books yeah. you sell out I want them back put them in stock let's go some <laughs> I'm like man I have other things to do. I haven't played a video game in years. No, that's a lie. (laughs) Uh, But, but, you know, uh, we have to do this. We have to honor the request of our readers uh, because they are wonderful. Um, They're not just the best readers in comics. They're the most helpful, the most creative. So a lot of these rewards were literally because they demanded them over the years. And I'm glad that people are actually... Living up to their demands, and they're backing this because, man, oh man, if, if they didn't, and we na- we named it because you demanded it, and it didn't even raise a dollar by now, let's say,
0: that would be
2: bad.
3: <laughs> that would be really bad. <laughs> so uh, we're on a great, great pace here to to pretty much unlock every stretch goal too. Um, more than halfway at this point is is great. Uh, this is the best start we've ever had to a campaign um, at Alterna. Yeah, oh, that's, so that's, that's it's all because of you guys. So thank you, thank you.
0: Uh, let's see what Metacon Cube says where them reprints at.
3: <laughs> yeah, see what I mean? <laughs> even in the chat, I can't even have a moment's peace.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Tara Walmart. hey Pete, I'm trying to customer over here. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, so this is this is fantastic. All right, so Alterna Comics, because you demanded it, we heard you, everything on this campaign has been requested. No, demand it, demand it by our readers. Now, if you scroll down, you see here that we've got the fully loaded collector case. This is the featured perk. It's a $99 perk, but yeah. you get the collector case which is great. It's a magnetic closure on it. it. holds 12 to 15 comics when they're bagged and boarded, depending if you want to put alternate giants in there. Those are huge 80 pagers so they're mm-hmm. going to, you know, your mileage is going to vary. But um, you get all the reprints that we do in the campaign, which is 15 to start. Could go all the way up to like 30. Um, and then you get all the blank variants too, which is, I believe, 18 blank variants, including that exclusive. It came out on a Wednesday number zero, which is only going to be available on this campaign. We're not going to have it on the alternate access store. All the extras that we print are going to go to everybody else who was involved on the book. Um, so that's going to be it. Once it's over, it's, it's over. Um, and, but you guys get that. And then you get all the unlockables too. So any blank variants that we unlock, any reprints that we unlock. Uh, you get all the collector case inserts so you can customize your collector case. Oh, yeah. um, and then any other bonus stretch goals that we throw at everybody as this thing you know, progresses. Uh, You get that at the $99 level. You don't have to worry about it. But if you do want to add on more stuff, we have almost 50 add-ons. And that's something you'll find once you click on a perk and you go to select the different things you want to get. We have collector case inserts now. we reached 100 backers, so we unlocked collector case inserts as a main perk. They were an add-on before. And we unlocked the sketch card commission. That was an add-on before. Now it's a main perk. Uh, We've got all kinds of great stuff. The reprint bundle again. If you get the reprint bundle, it automatically updates. So you get every reprint that we unlock in the campaign. If you want to get a collector case, you could just get that too. Uh, T-shirts, beanies, hats, all that great stuff. And then if you want to really just take a deep dive into Alterna, um, you can start getting things like sketch cover commissions from the artists at Alterna. There's nine artists. Yep. Rob and uh, myself are, are one of them. We've got also Spencer Desmond in the chat. He's one of them. Ryan Wynn. He's one of them too. So is Nick Welch.
0: Oh yeah, we got them all here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: And then, um, if you guys really want to go all out, we have this thing called the All Ten Alternative Box Set. So you can you can kind of see that in the back here. I don't know if you want to highlight me in a, in a bigger way here. Uh, and no. then I can point right. out to the uh,
0: Do this. Let's see. Let's see. Nope, that's me. That's you. No. No. All right. So. Oh,
3: okay. There we go. You'll get there, sorta. Got <laughs> so it. So this <laughs> is basically the uh, the All Ten Alternative Box Set. You see the side, uh, the pocket inserts there. They create the Alterna logo over 10 cases. So we have that as a reward option where basically you can get those 10 cases. They come with the exclusive side pockets. So you can put that on a bookshelf with it holds up to like 150, 180 comics. So mm-hmm. pretty much all your your alternate collection or whatever you want to put in there. And then if you're new to Alterna and you want to just get everything, you like the look of it, you can get the all comics bundle. So That's every book we have in stock plus the giants plus the blank variants. And then the all 10 Alterna box set. So that's basically, it's, it's a big, it's a big deal. It's, you can get the box set, you get every single comic, you get all the inserts, you get pretty much just about everything other than commissions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Ryan, it's just weighing down that shelf. <laughs> but it's a great campaign it's a lot of fun and and again this is all because you guys have demanded these things over the years Um, we had even the red beanie we had that sold out for about six or seven months and people were losing their minds every single time i was on a stream with the red beanie they're like when are we getting more of those in stock when are we getting more of those so now we have um, a bunch of people i think we've sold 12 so far as add-ons something like that really yeah so uh so a bunch of them are gone um which is great and again this is just really the second day of the campaign i'm gonna be promoting uh tonight also on art t bears channel at eight o'clock so go over to his channel if you want to see me talk about this some more and probably repeat the exact same things you've heard <laughs> <laughs> so if you can't get enough of that just like uh sc- you know go for it
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's great man i get I- i'm psyched i hope uh you know, I hope we get some of those commissions. I'd love to draw some of the alternate characters or decorate some of those blank covers. Yeah, yeah. That would
3: be awesome. Absolutely.
0: That and it be...
3: looks like uh it looks like Nick backed. Go Nick. Oh. I awesome. just got an email notification. So we've got 114 backers on board, 8533. And uh I see the rewards he chose. Nice, very nice. Yeah, some blank variants and stuff. Great. But being the yeah, the yeah, We've sold, I think, 200 to 250 red beanies over the years. And I figured, you know, it was enough. We did the black beanies instead with the four color kind of retro mock-up. And I think maybe 70 or so of those have sold. We've only got about 30 left. I'm pretty sure I just printed 100. And this will be great because it'll pass the baton right over back again to the red beanie.
0: Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's really awesome, man. That's crazy. So And then Hammerella is a couple of days.
3: Yeah, right. Hamarella, I believe, um, and Ryan would know the exact date, but I believe it's going to be like Tuesday or Wednesday, something like that, the 22nd maybe, the 23rd, whatever that works out to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Originally, I think he was going to launch on the 20th. But what had happened was um, Sunday's kind of notoriously a bad day to oh. start a crowdfunder. Gotcha. And then on top of that, um, it kind of makes it hard to schedule and promote and do that kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Open Mic Monday is is obviously Monday, the 21st. So I think sure. it's going to be either the 22nd or the 23rd. Okay. Um, but it's going to definitely be soon. And okay. I hope everybody backs that one, too. I think people are going to really love that book.
0: Rob, how would you feel about a Time Tim sketch? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't know. Let's ask him. Oh, yes, God. How do you feel about the Time Tim sketch? He's going.
0: to be. I'm going to draw him how I see he him as a monster.
3: You're just gonna see him looking upon you as you sleep, Rob. Man, that is Wake creepy. <laughs> <laughs> see, you have to embrace Timmy Tim and, and let him know you love him, and then he'll he'll love you back. But you don't, don't love him. You you hate him. I you say learn. all the things to him, I and then you grow he Doesn't like you very much.
0: <laughs> oh God, he has a he's quite an effect on me. No doubt about he it. He does,
3: but he's he's wonderful. Look at him. He's he's just he just wants to keep track of the time. He just wants to make us punctual, as possible.
0: He's great. You're right. Maybe if I look at it differently.
3: Yeah. <laughs> he's just trying to help you be a better person. That's all. Yeah. Don't you want to be better, Rob? What was the what was the <laughs> Chucky Ball? A good no, guy. Good guy. Yeah, yeah. Time a, good guy. yeah is a good guy. Yeah, he is a good guy. We're friends till the guy. end.
0: But he's not possessed by a serial killer.
3: Friends, at least, till he, you know, rings the bell and goes off.
0: That's it.
3: <laughs> and loses it one day.
0: Ryan wins. speaking of art, I found a super old issue of black and white last night. Didn't even know I had it.
3: Oh, no way. No. Wow. Oh, yeah, Metatron,
0: yeah. look at that. And he goes, just got a rob commission. Oh.
3: Sweet. There you go. Yes, he did.
0: Oh, thank you so much, yes, he man. Did.
3: Is it Timey Tim? <laughs> oh, everybody should just do, especially on the sketch card commissions. You know, those are like 30 bucks or something for the add on. Do, do Timey Tim commissions. Have Rob just draw, you know, Timey Tim's. Every single person should just do that. Oh my God. Would you enjoy that? Even though, you know, it brings in some good money for you, would you enjoy if you had to draw like 80 Timey Tim's?
0: I guess I could learn to love him, then. I will I have no choice. I will have no choice but to love him. You <laughs> would have to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for the trunk cube. I really appreciate it. That's great. I can't wait. <laughs> Ryan when we'll finalize tonight. We are ironing out all of the final details for perks and stretch goals. Yeah. Yeah, that Don't stuff takes up. time. I still gotta like with wirehead trying to figure that out. But I want to keep it simple, like like uh
3: Like Like what Jason was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like what Jason was talking about. I recommend that too, especially when you have these campaigns that are, that are revolving around, you know, one book or something. Um, obviously the alternate campaign is it's an entire company campaign. So we Mm -hmm. have a lot of different rewards, a lot of books, a lot of different things that you guys can get, but if it was just, you know, my book or if it's whoever's book, I, I definitely recommend keep the campaign. Simple. Don't do anything more than like 10 to 15 rewards. And the same thing with the add-ons, you know, um, but that's something too. I find a lot of people don't take advantage of the add-ons just yet. Right. They, um, they have a couple things, Mm -hmm. but they don't really give the full scope of what they really could get. So people could actually customize what they want. Mm. Um, but I like being able to do that with Indiegogo. That was one of the things that drove me nuts on Kickstarter was, um, people wanted to customize all of their, you know, can I do this and get this with that? Mm. I don't want that. Cause then, you know, and then, um, it's madness but on indiegogo it makes it so nice and easy see
0: that's great now that that that, that makes me happy because I, I want nice simplicity for the first one and uh i want people to get what they want and it's you know easily accessible so yeah yeah that's good uh yeah ryan says we are keeping it very simple good yeah and uh metatron cube says blood rum blank was not an option in the team team category for commission <laughs> Mission, <rather. laughs>
3: well i mean it's a mature rated book yes <laughs> so you go to the mature rated and then you could pick uh you could pick blood realm as the uh, as the book you'd want to get uh but yeah so the the books are broken down like that on the commissions because uh that's the thing too there, there's some things that are great about indiegogo and then some things still that i think they need a little bit of refining at least from my taste so when you do the add-ons and you have these options you can only have as much as 10 options mm. so we have nine artists but we have definitely more than 10 blank variants that you can choose from. So I had to break them down and I said well, how do we do this cuz we can't do it an artist you pick an artist and then you pick from the drop down of blank variants because it's not really going to be possible. It's going to end up being you know just 10 of them as opposed to the 18 that you could pick. So instead we broke it down with the all ages books, the teen books and the mature rated books. So technically you can get you know an artist three different times as an add on or four different times depending how you want to do it with the main perk and then the add-on. But um, Indiegogo is great that at least you can um, you can at least go in there again and, and re-pledge and all that other stuff too. So there's, uh, there's all kinds of things. Nothing's, nothing's perfect, but it's still, to me, miles better than what Kickstarter is. And Indiegogo taking the initiative that they want to continue to improve upon their site, I think that says a lot. So I'm pretty sure within a couple of months, a year, whatever it is, I'm sure that they'll have... Even even more functionality.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they'll get on there. I have to. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If we make 50 grand, I'll shave rooster's head into a mullet. (laughs) (laughs) You could shave mine into a mullet. (sighs) Oh no, you can't. Yeah. That would be funny though.
3: Could you grow a mullet though? Like one of those like sweet kind of ball on top and then the mullet, just like it's flowing. Kind of like what I I have right now that no one can see.
0: I actually could. (laughs) It's a frightening thing, isn't it? Should do it. No.
3: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because it started off because I got the headphones and everything. So it started off with me getting the hat because they're uncomfortable on the top when I just have pressing on my head. So I was like, I'll wear a hat. I'll wear a beanie on the stream. And, you know, this way it's comfortable for me. And then it became this thing of like, I have to I have to dress like this. Kind of like the way Fraga has to have uh, a bunny suit on now for forever.
0: Yeah, what the heck? He does that every time now.
3: <laughs> All the time, it, it, it'll be on. Maybe sometimes hanging off of him or whatever. It won't be on like in full the way it really was the first couple of times. <laughs> but he, he, just is, he it's just this his look now, and it's, uh, it. it's, it's it. kind of yeah. So I'll I'll eventually go completely bald one day. I'll still have to have some kind of a wig attached to the hat, and we'll still have to just, you know have this have the silhouette and the look, <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God.
3: Uh, this yeah. is what happens when we burn our visage upon the screen. <laughs> well, we need... We need to maintain that continuity. Otherwise, people start to go, well, that's not Pete. That's true. You're you
0: right. what happens. Uh, maybe I should start wearing. What kind of suit? Animal suit for me.
3: An animal suit? Maybe yeah. like a bear. A bear suit. Or a wolf. Mm. Or a lion. You okay. could go Herculean with it.
0: That would be cool.
3: Yeah. Here.
0: Was it the Nemean Lion or something like that?
3: Yeah, you... yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tyler Wentland did a great story of that for um the If anthology a couple of years ago and we republished it and it came out on a Wednesday, but um of Hercules and the Nemean Lion. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, you could go with that. Uh you know, um wear it over you so it looks like you know, it's got a peacock know, a little bit, right? That's the whole thing. A little bit, you gotta stand out a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Or you could just get a you know do a blood realm beanie or something or a lord cyphers beanie and oh, you yeah. can wear that and rep your brand on stream or whatever
0: I'm gonna start doing stuff like that when we get to the the big you know uh, blood realm campaign the hardcover I'll make some cool merch yeah 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 that's what I'm gonna do but keeping it simple for the wirehead one we're gonna we're gonna have a t-shirt I'm announcing that now nice yeah yeah peter Pete has seen it he had a hand in it. It's very <laughs> nice. Design. Yeah. I'm yeah. definitely getting one.
3: Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What is this? Can you make?
3: No, I mean, I'm definitely getting one, right? Like you're giving me one?
0: Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot my place. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I, I designed your logo and whatnot. Jesus. For crying out
0: loud. <laughs> <laughs> Can you make hats with fake yeah. hair? that'd be
3: funny yeah. i thought about doing something really stupid and funny like that you know for an april fools of just like a one-day crowdfunder that was something completely dumb either like tin foiled line beanies yeah um or uh hats with hair with like a wig attached so you could cosplay as me <laughs> just something completely dumb and then uh you know i thought oh, i don't want people to actually pay for that though
0: that'd be so funny
3: like it'd be funny if we set it all up and like a newsletter thing, like we were doing it, and then they click on the link and it's just kind of like April Fools, or it's like a you know a uh, yeah a, a Rick Astley music video or something lame and stupid like that. You never uh, know. Look, but terrible. yeah, he wants to cosplay as Pete.
0: <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be absolutely hilarious. Do you? Uh, I have something. I'm guessing I should show it. Would anyone like to see? Christian Rossi's drawing
3: of Wirehead. Oh man, no way. Should I show that? Eddie? Yeah, show that. Nice. I Pope... didn't know you were going to show that right away.
0: I, I, he's, he's. let me tell you, man, I have someone else too, so I won't announce who the second guy is. Uh, uh This is his rough sketch, and uh, I thought it was awesome. So let me share it with everyone.
3: Yeah.
0: Can oh, you guys? Nice. Yeah, it's just a rough sketch, but uh I really like how he did the
3: that's the, awesome
0: character. He got that Victorian outfit there.
3: Very nice.
0: Yeah, this is very kinda,
3: That looks like um that looks like if uh if Marvel did, you know, 1602 again or whatever it was that they did. Mm. And um and this was like Doctor Doom.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right.
3: From back then. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're right. Remember that? That was a good uh, little series they did.
3: Yeah, that was, that was Neil Gaiman, right? Didn't he write that? I think he did. I think he did. At a Trump Cube. Wirehead. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so actually this is like That's one great. of the first times you guys seen him without uh, when he's all in shadow. He's not in shadow here. Too much. So, yeah. Uh, I was really happy with it. And he's he's coloring it. He's inking it and everything. So, uh, I'm psyched. We're going to have some <laughs>
3: special posters. <laughs> I see what Nick posted. <laughs>
0: no, no, no one wants to see anything. Rossi draws; he's a bum. <laughs> he's a beast, that
3: guy. Oh yeah, a great guy too. Absolutely. I wish we could have had him um, and a couple of the other international artists too, like Alexander Hovik uh, and uh, a couple others. Um, mm-hmm. But unfortunately, with the way the world is right now and the postal systems and everything. So some people were wondering, you know, where's Christian Rossi's art? You know, that should be an option. And and the funny thing is, I made the sketch card tier specifically for those guys because I figured that international postage was going to become an issue with shipping blank variants back and forth. And then Christian goes, "We can't we can't send anything to the U.S. and we can't receive anything from the U.S." You know, you can do it with like UPS or FedEx, but then the shipping rate is through the roof. Yeah. Um, so hopefully the next campaign, hopefully we can get them on board, but. What a bummer that was. Um but obviously I mean they have bigger things to worry about than that but we still wanted to get them involved somehow with, with getting some art out there and they wanted to be involved too. Yeah. So uh, hopefully next time. I think this kind of campaign is going to become either an annual or an every other year kind of a thing. Okay. Um maybe it'll alternate even with a, a alternaween. I don't know. Maybe it'll become our spring campaign. I don't know. But mm. I think it's going to be something we we do again because this way it replenishes stock and yeah. we sure. can get new items out there and you know it'll be like the campaign to look forward to
0: that's great what do you think about uh, I don't know was this on your this was on your channel yeah of course it was yeah I was thinking about doing a crowdfunder for a novel or like a mess paperback one day
3: oh yeah yeah I mean you We'd- could do that I think you could Um, if you did it on a known quantity like if you did it for Blood Realm mm, okay then i think uh, you would have an easier time with it yeah whereas because then you'd get a lot of the blood realm fans plus fans of fantasy and and and, you know dark horror that kind of thing uh but i think you could do it i think even if you went in blind and you just did your own thing as long as you marketed it correctly you know that you didn't just you didn't just kind of couple it as a comic book you know thing or yeah um if you were as long as you were clear about it because if you put it out and said oh it's a trade paperback someone might assume that you mean it's just it's, it's a trade like a comic yeah. trade right um so if you, you specify a novel a written novel uh, and showed you know some excerpts and stuff like that i mean mm-hmm. you even have the the unique ability to do something like what Clive Barker did where you have some illustrations in the book too that you did
0: yeah that's what i was so. thinking about doing maybe just a couple in there yeah you know so yeah, I think that'd be cool. I always wanted to get that paperback on the newsprint, you know, something like
3: that. Oh, yeah, like on that pulp stock that yeah, yeah. that's on those. Yeah, yeah.
0: But do they make it? Can
3: you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Our old printer, when we used to just do black and white, they specialized in that. So we used to use a printer for the, the graphic novels. It was just a black and white, you know, one two-color press. And it was pretty cheap to get them printed uh, because of that. So they specialized in doing... Mass market trade paperbacks, so they had all that pulpy paper stock, and they had like um, the paper stock you used to on on coloring books. It's mm-hmm. not quite newsprint, it's not quite not quite construction paper, you know. Right. Um, but they have all that. They still make that, definitely.
0: Oh, wow, that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna think about that. That would be awesome. I'm gonna like try that. Well, we'll see. You know, right now it's like uncharted waters, and I want to see how this all goes with Wirehead and yeah that stuff. i'm psyched and then eventually the blood realm one maybe a year year what well, i would say maybe two years year and a half till i that mean yeah
3: up. yeah for, for everything for the, yeah for the everything one yeah i think um i know we've talked about too maybe for 2021 your your next campaign once you did wirehead and everything else uh doing like a small kind of you mm. know volume for the next issues whatever is the next story arc of blood realm and just kind of getting a chance to offer that to people too. So you could always do that. I think people would like that, you know. Yeah. Um, offer something exclusive with it, you know, just one thing, whatever that's just for the campaign. I wanted to do a lot more of that with crowdfunding uh this year, but mm-hmm. this year went to hell. Right. I wanted to have, yeah, I wanted to have every month was like a pre-order campaign and treat it like it was our version of, of previews in a way, but it was just for Alterna, and right. it was just to pre-order of the books. And with the books, too, you could also add on any of the previous issues you missed. Something mm-hmm. that always frustrated me about Diamond is that, you know, let's say someone doesn't discover the series till issue three or four. Um, one, two or three, maybe they're sold out and you can't get them anymore, either at the store or through the distributor, which was a lot of the time what we had happen. Yeah. Um, well, it was pretty much certain that they weren't going to get issue four then even if they thought like, Oh wow, you know, I just noticed it and it's interesting to me now cause I missed out. Mm. Um, but on this kind of campaign, they could actually go in there and then add on those back issues. Right. So we're kind of setting up this campaign is going to help towards that too, getting issues back in stock, getting things going again. So we can actually offer that in 2021 and right. move forward with that kind of a campaign a more consistent kind of a thing that revolves around a pre-order system. Mm. Um, And not a huge goal, and I don't expect a ton of backers necessarily. I think we would definitely hit whatever the goal is, but I think we're going to see more and more that uh, crowdfunding becomes used in in different ways, not necessarily the way I think a lot of people have become used to it.
0: Absolutely. No, I agree about that. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. It's going to be interesting, and uh, I'm glad that uh, we're at a good spot right now with that Alterna one. So,
3: Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm grateful for it. Let me see what we got right now. Uh, it's at uh, 8,854. Wow. Metatron's Cube got uh, two commissions.
0: Two commissions. Damn.
3: I wonder if they're both for you. Mm. Uh-huh. Let's you see. T- I don't know. Uh, if Metatron's Cube, if you are still in the chat, are they both for Rob? Are those commissions both for him? Mm. I think uh, he must have went back in there and got the Blood Realm too. Awesome that cover so 116 backers on board we're almost at 60 percent uh oh. today we could definitely hit 10,000. oh which yeah is, yeah, yeah on pace to fill the goal by by sunday monday around there
0: that's awesome
3: which is fantastic because then we could really all those stretch goals we can knock them out of the park which is mm-hmm. what i'd love to see oh yeah great
0: all right well oh it says one is frankie oh okay Oh,
3: one is for frankie nice Ooh, good choice too good choice that's that's cool yeah frankie's killer oh yeah
0: (laughs) very versatile yeah that's great all right can't wait i can't wait man thank you so much metatron i really appreciate it it's gonna be great yeah good stuff all right well i got some pages to do
3: yep i gotta run out too
0: yeah so everyone thank you so much for tuning in to uh uh, this little chat here this afternoon stream and we'll catch you guys next time take care everyone